God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you all. You can be seated. What a, what a great treat. Thank you, Pastor Tom. Thank you all for being uh, gathering this morning. Those of you uh, gathering with us uh, through the digital streaming forums. God bless you all. Love you lots. And of course, this little video uh, just highlights what's happened since I've last physically been with you. I know I've been with you digitally. Uh, in a, a time or two for a service, but physically to come back. It's a great joy. Heart of the Bay, one of the great places in my heart on the planet. So I'm always uh, thrilled when I'm invited to be with you all and just love what God's doing in your midst uh, together. God is so faithful and, and so good. I received last night a text uh, with an article attached to it about Lebanon now as of yesterday. Uh, now in the nation, it's uh, completely blacked out, the entire nation. They, they, have no, they have no way to run the, the power plants in the nation. And it's unbelievable. So there's just tremendous pressure and chaos. Heidi and I, my wife, um, we were in Lebanon when COVID broke out a year ago, March. And uh, we had uh, some pastors with us. And we were getting ready for our big event, Kingdom Fiesta. Uh, your pastors... Pastor Mark, Pastor Brenda have been there before with us, so they understand uh, uh, the, the strength of, of what God does in, in, in that region uh, during this event. But everything had to, had to be canceled, had to be shut down. It was very, very uh, difficult, disappointing. But we finally got out of Lebanon. We came back to the States, and of course the States was shut down pretty much as well with, uh, with the COVID challenges. And so uh, it's been really, really interesting just navigating life and navigating ministry for all of us. And uh, so many different uh, voices, different opinions, different worldviews, different ways to think about life and health and all these things. But I'm realizing with all the contention and stress and and, uh, chaos that I need to keep my mind renewed that I'm not of this world. Hallelujah. You and I, we have a different worldview. We don't have a worldview of a world system. We are in the kingdom of God's dear son. Hallelujah. We've been born from above. Our citizenship really is in heaven, and that's uh, the, the citizenship <laughs> I'm really excited about, hallelujah, the one that's in heaven, and uh, the earthly citizenships, thank God for them, and whatever, and we need to pray for our leaders, of course, and the leaders of the nations, but uh, it's, just, it's just complicated. So when I was in uh, Lebanon, the rate of exchange was 1 to 1,500 Lebanese currencies. Now it's 1 to 20,000. So it's devalued, the currency devalued down to about 10% of its its value. And so it's enormous pressure, enormous pain, enormous uh, challenges. But the gospel is there. Hallelujah. We have our team there. And even though there's a light out in the nation, we have a massive uh, generator. And uh, so we're going to find diesel and we're going to buy it. Hallelujah. And we're going to have the light. Hallelujah. I mean, we're going to have the power. And uh, let people come and charge up their phones and charge up their heart at the same time. Hallelujah. You know, this is the beauty of believing that Jesus is enough. He is good in the midst of all things that seem to look bad and overwhelming. So I uh, just want to say thank you for being planted in the local church, Heart of the Bay. Thank you for being faithful uh, to the Lord, just uh, not only uh, uh, in your giving, which is so important to the local church, but just in your, your fellowship one with another because it's easy to isolate and draw away and hibernate, so to speak. But we need one another. And I'm going to show you through my simple teaching this morning. My, my teaching is very simple, but so exciting. It's going to thrill your spirit. But um, we, we, we all need one another in these times, in these days. And uh, we all need to know 
how to just uh, discern uh, the heart of God for all the circumstances of life that all of us face. So you're loved, you're blessed, you're redeemed. And uh, Heidi and I thank God for each of you. Praise the Lord. Notice this morning before I preach, I have my blue blazer on. You know, Pastor Mark, he always uh, kind of has fun with me because one, one time I was up here preaching for him and he wanted to go golfing. And I didn't have a windbreak or anything, so I wore my blue blazer golfing. And I was so anointed. Hallelujah, huh? And uh, he, he always uh, enjoyed I had a beautiful suit picked out yesterday that I was going to bring and, and wear and really dress up. But then I thought, oh, no, Pastor Mark would love to see me online in a blue blazer. Hallelujah. He needs to know I'm anointed. So uh, thus, my wardrobe consultant did need to help. I could just get this myself. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad you're loved? And thank, thank God we can laugh. Thank God we can have friends. And, and thank God we can always point one another to Jesus in all the pain of life. We can look to the Lamb of God. He does all things well. And he's good. We sing about it in the morning, in the evening, like the song. What a great uh, lyric that is as well. And just stirred my spirit. But uh, let's pray together. Father, these are your beautiful kids. These are your people. You've redeemed them. They are the righteousness of God in Christ. You've forgiven them. Hallelujah. It's good news, Father. Help our hearts to be strangely warmed this morning with the gospel of your unending love. Let every person within the sound of my voice find help and hope. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, follow along with me. Uh, some of the verses may be on the screen, and I may go to verses that they may have to find. But anyway, uh, let's, let's uh, start Jesus' words in Mark chapter 4, in verse 24. Jesus said unto them, Take heed, take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. You know, today in our world, there's a lot of noise. And there's a lot of nonsense. And there's a lot of opinions. Everybody wants to spout off about everything. And they have a right to do that. Thank God we live in a country, supposedly, where there's freedom of speech, if it's not stopped. But supposedly we have freedom. But still, in whatever is said, you have to discern what you hear. It's content. Take heed. Jesus said it. Take heed what you hear, the content. Because everything you hear is not going to fit with the, the kingdom you're from. You're, you're in the kingdom, like I said, of God's dear son. You're of another world. And so we have, to, we have to guard our hearts and protect our mindsets that we don't uh, entertain the stuff that disturbs your spirit. I've noticed since uh, COVID started, I came back to America. You know, I'm trying to figure out how to manage life. You know, I sit there thinking how to, how to manage the, the, the work of mutual faith around the world. And it's been very, very, very difficult at times for me. So I could get my mind filled with a lot of stuff in this earth system, whether it's politics, whether it's worldviews of COVID, whether it's worldviews of whatever. And it, it would disturb my spirit. I know none of you are like that or none of you have these challenges that I have. But this stuff, this stuff could, could affect me. And so what this gospel preacher had to do is absolutely um, restrict what I was taking in, okay? Because I want to guard my heart. So I don't feed on 
uh, I don't feed on any of the world system stuff. Now, I know headlines. I've got enough apps to figure out what the news is, and I can discern what I think is shaded or shaped or whatever for certain purposes. So I'm not, I'm not ignorant to what's going on in the world, but I, I don't feed on it. I don't let it get in my spirit. Huh? So Jesus said, take heed what you hear. What you hear. Go with me to Luke chapter 8, verse 18. Jesus says, therefore, take heed how you hear. So two different admonitions Jesus gives. He says, one, the content, what you hear. And then the other one, how you hear. In other words, the condition of your heart when you're hearing. Your attitude in things. It's very important. Whether it's, whether it's uh, you know, spiritual truth, whether it's, you know, truth, you know, that you need to use just to live in this life. But, but, but it's how you hear things. And I've noticed uh, through these last, let's say, 18 months or however long it's been, or maybe even longer than that with all the dynamics of politics and the chaos of our world, uh, you know, these, these things bring such stress and strain relationally. Even, even in churches, it can, it, it can draw people, even in families. It can rip parts of couples apart, all kinds of things. So we, we have to figure out as believers now, as, as those in the Father's family. We need to take heed what we hear, the content, and we need to take how we hear, our attitude in these things. Now, with those two thoughts, uh, kind of as our foundation, I want to share a story with you. Okay, it's a simple story out of the book of Acts, but I think you're going to understand the heart of what I want to get to, and it's going to thrill you it is absolutely wonderful. So go with me in your Bible, if you would, to Acts chapter 20. And I'm going to tell a story beginning in verse 7. Acts chapter 20, beginning in verse 7. Here's what it says. Now, on the first day of the week. Now, I'm going to pause throughout this story as I, as I read it, just to kind of give uh, little thoughts or, or little, little uh, clarifications of things. So the, 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 the story says, Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread... Let's pause. So the Bible says these folks, these believers, were coming together to break bread. What does that mean, to break bread? Well, they probably had a common meal. How many of you like to just gather with somebody at a restaurant or a cafe or at their house and just break bread, have a meal? Yeah, I, I like that. But in the book of Acts, also this implies they had communion. This was an element Jesus would do, you know, you know when he initiated the new covenant. He, he broke bread. He, he, he had the wine, the cup. He, he initiated communion. And so in the book of Acts, when believers would come together to break bread, they would have communion. What do you do when you have communion? You remind yourself of God's truth concerning you. That you were included in Christ Jesus and you've been reconciled forever to God. That your sins have been forgiven. That his, his sacrifice was a perfect sacrifice to perfect you. And so you break bread and raise a hallelujah. Huh? I like to say you eat, you drink, and, you're, and you be merry. Huh? You're, you're happy. You're thrilled. You're, you are the redeemed. So it says again in that verse, the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, to have communion, Paul... Let's pause again. Now, who's Paul? Now, everybody in this uh, beautiful sanctuary, everybody watching online may not know who Paul is. So let's just take a moment and think who this brother is because we have to know the characters of the story 
to get my point, okay? So Paul, Paul was the Apostle Paul. But he wasn't always called Paul. The brother was called Saul. And he was a Jewish guy. He said he was a Pharisee of Pharisee. He gave one time kind of his resume. The dude was brilliant. He sat in the best schools among the best teachers. He was, he was a scholar with the old covenant law. And he was Jewish, and he was very forceful and, and opinionated and, and uh, about uh, what he thought was right. And then the Bible records in the book of Acts as well, in chapter 9, that, that Jesus uh, got his attention. And, and Jesus wanted to have a conversation with this hard-headed, hard-hearted guy who thought he knew everything. And so the Bible records a story that Jesus... Uh, knocked him to the ground with, with a bright light. It says the light was brighter than the midday or the noonday sun. And he, and, he, and he knocked this brother down to the ground and Jesus spoke to him tenderly. Saul, Saul, what, what's happening, bro? What, what, why, are you, why are you persecuting me? See, what Saul was doing is he was persecuting and... and uh, Bringing restriction and hauling people, uh, you know, to jail and, and even consenting to their death. Anybody who was a follower of Jesus, any anybody who was a follower of the way, the the new covenant system, Paul was established in the old covenant system, and he didn't like this new covenant system with 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 a new a new reality of a new creation that that Christ now was going to be in the saints, indwell the believer by the Spirit. He didn't understand the new covenant thinking. And so he resisted it until Jesus talked to him. And anyway, with the brightness of the light, Saul, was, his eyes were blind, blinded. He was darkened. And, and Jesus gave him an address to go to on a street called Straight. And, and, and he, he, Saul went there and Jesus said, you're going to talk to a brother named Ananias. And brother Ananias is going to tell you about me. And so he went there and Saul put his faith in Jesus. And the scales of his eyes fell, and he could see. He now had illumination. His eyes were open. His heart was renewed. He was redeemed. He's, he was reconciled. And the Bible said straightway he preached Christ to people. Like a salvation mate, that Christ is for you. He's to you. He, straightway he did. But then Jesus put him on pause again. And Jesus said, I'm going to take you to the desert. You're going to be unknown by face. That's what the Bible says. He was unknown by face. And in the desert for like three and a half years. That's a long season. He was in the desert and Jesus ministered to this dude named Saul who is now called Paul. Jesus began to speak to him and fill his heart with what is called the revelation of the new covenant. Or it's called Pauline revelation. So in your Bible, you have an old covenant which talks about what God provided for this people through, through the years and that the Messiah was coming. The New Testament or the New Covenant, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, the Gospels of Jesus according to the flesh, his natural life, his physical life. But then Acts, where our story's coming from, talks about how this message you know, permeated the whole world, it said. Turned the whole world upside down with this, this kind of teaching I'm going to give you today. But then Romans... First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Thessalonians, you know, Titus, Philemon, 
Hebrews, all written by this dude named Paul. So Paul wrote the revelation of Jesus, not according to his flesh life, but according to his redemptive life. What Jesus did according to the cross, the finished work of Jesus. So this is called Pauline revelation. This is the new covenant. This is what you and I as a new testament or a a Christian, this is what we believe. We believe in the death of the Lord Jesus, that Jesus took us in. And Pauline revelation says we were in, we died with him. Pauline Revelation says we were buried with him. Pauline Revelation says, according to Jesus, who delivered this to Paul, we were raised with him. We ascended with him. We're seated with him. Now, this is all Pauline Revelation. So let's go back to our story. Now, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, have communion, Paul, the Apostle Paul, was ready to depart the next day. He, he was like me. He, the, he did mission work. Okay? So he's getting ready to go. I'm not going to go tomorrow. I'm going this afternoon. Hallelujah. I can't preach very long. i got a plane to catch. No, I'm just joking. You. <laughs> anyway, he, he's ready to depart the next day. Look at this, friend. He spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. The dude was long-winded. Huh? I mean, he... <laughs> He preached till midnight. I'm not even going to preach till high noon. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, he preached till midnight. Here's the question. What was Paul preaching? He was preaching Pauline revelation. Okay. He's preaching the finished work of Jesus. He's preaching the new covenant of grace. He's so thrilled about it. He's so excited about who we are in Christ. This is where we as believers understand the reality of what Jesus has done. And so he's preaching, and the meeting goes till midnight. He's preaching Pauline revelation till midnight. Let's go to the next verse, verse 8. It says, there were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. Remember, Jesus said, take heed what you hear, and take heed how you hear. Here's my little point. I believe that any time the revelation of Paul is preached, the finished work of Jesus, the new covenant of grace, any time you get your mindset established in the revelation of the finished work of Jesus, there's illumination. There's many lights in the room. Have you ever heard somebody talk or preach and it's like the light went on? You saw something differently. Pauline revelation, the new covenant of grace, will bring illumination, will bring revelation will bring wisdom for everything you need in life pertaining to everything in your life. Whether it's your cat, your dog, your wife, your kids, your grandkids, your world, the political system, the political whatever, the chaos of the world. The revelation of Jesus, the revelation of the finished work of Jesus will bring illumination. You don't have to live in fear about nothing. And you don't have to let those around you dictate fear to you. There's a place to live where the fullness of God has its, uh, has its standing in your heart and in your life. And it's a beautiful thing. So there were many lights. There was illumination. There were many lamps in the upper room. Verse 9. It goes on to say, And in a window of this upper room sat a certain young man named Eutychus. Let's pause. Eutychus was there, huh? The dude's young. You know, his name means good fortune. Good fortune. 
His name really kind of is what we all want. We all want fortune, right? We all want good fortune. And you don't have to go to a fortune teller to get it either. Hallelujah. It's, it's, really, it's, it's really grace. It's favor. It's unmerited. You got no skin in the game. You don't qualify for it. You've been pre-approved for all of it. So this young guy named Eutychus, good fortune, good favor, he was sinking into a deep sleep. Let's pause. Anytime you fall asleep to New Covenant revelation, you're in trouble. Because you'll live on the strength of yourself. You won't live on the strength of Christ. Let me explain what I mean. So he was sinking into a deep sleep. I think that's really the problem with, with uh, all of us can face, not only in this country, around the world. Believers who fall asleep to the revelation of the finished work of Jesus. Because then we're back into a cycle of striving. Trying to prove our righteousness. You know, thinking that we're righteous based on what we do instead of righteous based on it being gifted. It's a whole different worldview. And it's a whole different way to get victories in your life, whether it's your sufficiency or the sufficiency of the Lamb of God. Huh? And so if you fall asleep, to Paul, take heed what you hear. Take heed how you hear, because if you fall asleep to the revelation of what God in Christ has done for you, you'll forget your identity. You know, that's why our world system blessed the hearts of so many beautiful, lovely, wonderful, precious people trying to find their identity in a zillion different things. And, you know, no, you and I as believers, our identity is in Christ and Christ alone. You can't fall asleep to it. Otherwise, you go searching for all kinds of things trying to make you happy. Let's go what it goes on to say. So he was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep. As Paul continued preaching or speaking, what was he preaching? Pauline revelation. It says, Eutychus fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. What a bummer. This, this, this is a meeting that went wrong. You know what I mean? This is, this is a meeting that went wrong. I'm glad Pastor Mark has no windows in the sanctuary here that people can fall out. <laughs> Hallelujah, I'm safe. You know, on Friday, on Friday I had a conversation for an hour with, with our insurance company. They do it like an annual audit for the buildings and all the ministry around the world, really, all the liabilities. So I sat there for an hour and... It's on Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever. So I'm sitting there with one of my staff people and, and listening and going through all these lists and lists and lists of things and liabilities and issues. And uh, I think, oh, man, oh, my. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's all important. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a little overwhelming. You know, if I, if, I, if I was the Apostle Paul in this meeting, for example, and I'm preaching from the third story in, in Eutychus, was there and now he's gone and you hear a thud. You know what my first thought? I'll, sh- I'll show you how carnal of a preacher I am. My first thought would be, who's going to sue me? Yeah. Because you see billboards everywhere. Call this lawyer, that lawyer, huh? Liability. I mean, that just shows you how carnal I can be uh, while I'm preaching. I... I wouldn't, I wouldn't think, is the dude dead or is he alive? I would think, who's going to sue me, you know? But anyway, Paul was much more spiritual than me. In fact, let's, let's, uh, let's read this story. 
uh, on this, in, in that same verse. He fell down from the third story and he was taken up dead. Verse 10. Verse 10. But Paul, he went down. It's a picture of Jesus. It's a picture of the, incarnate, the incarnation. The living word came down. You know, Jesus will reach you in your deepest, darkest deadness. When you feel like you're numb. When you feel like nothing in life works. When you feel deeply broken. When you feel deeply shamed. Jesus comes down. And he comes down with his word. He comes down with revelation that brings illumination to bring resurrection. Because of new creation. huh? So Paul, the apostle Paul, he went down and he fell on him. He fell on him. Let's pause again. Let's just imagine for the sake of just illustration that I'm the Apostle Paul and and Eutychus was in my meeting and the brother dropped because he wouldn't listen to New Covenant revelation. So he dropped. He's dead. He's living like a dead man. You know, there's a lot of people who are in Christ who have the grace of God, who have fortune, and they live like they're spiritually dead. They live still bound in so many ways because they're not hearing right. You know, the Bible teaches, Pauline Revelation says, that if you awake to righteousness, the gift, then you're equipped not to sin. You're not equipped not to sin on your own capacity because you know your sin's bad for you. No. You're equipped in the gift of righteousness. So anyway, Paul, he went down and he fell on him. Now, if I went down, I'd probably lean down, say, oh, my goodness. You know, say, hey, somebody, anybody call 911 yet? We, I would, you know, check his pulse or something. Not Paul. Let's look at it. Paul went down, and he fell on him, and he embraced him. And said, do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. Friends, I call this the embrace of grace. The embrace of grace. It's the only thing that will lift you. It's the only thing because it's new covenant teaching. The embrace of grace is in the revelation of the preaching of the new covenant. This is the only way, friend, you're going to know who you are. This is the only way you're going to stand strong when all the forces and of life seem contrary to the gospel and gospel people. We have to have such an embrace... Of grace. You know, Paul went down, he fell on him, and he embraced him. He gave him an embrace of grace, and then he said something. When you're, when you're distributing the love of the Lamb of God, you have to say something. You speak it. You speak with authority. His life's in him. It's amazing. Don't trouble yourselves. Don't worry. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't live in fear. Don't be alarmed. This is not the end. You're going to live. You're not going to die. Your life is in you. You speak that not just because it's something you want to say. You speak it with absolute confidence because you know the one who loves you. And you know who you are in him. This is what Paul the apostle did. 
Let's go on in the next verse, in verse 11. This is kind of cool. It says, now when he had come up, so he goes back to the third level, and he had broken bread and eaten. He had communion, and they talked a long while, even till daybreak, and then he departed. Let me ask you a question. When there's a great victory in life like this, when you have a great victory in life, how, how do you celebrate? You know, they didn't go back, and they didn't have another meeting. They didn't have another seminar. They didn't have a healing line. They didn't pray for Paul's anointing to fall on them. They didn't say, oh, hail, hail, the apostle Paul, you're a great mighty man of God. Nope, they went up, they had communion. See, all victories in our life, all praise goes to Jesus. Huh? This is why I like to take communion a lot. It's a way I say thank you. It's awesome. And then, you know what they did? It says they sat around and they talked. They yacked. You know yak? Yakety yak. Husbands, turn to your wives and say, you know exactly what them. No, no, don't do that. I'm going to get us all in trouble. Hallelujah. I'm going to be exiting out the back door. Hallelujah. Rather quickly. No, yak. They, they, but here, here's the deal. Some of your best ministry... Some of the best ways you embrace somebody is through camaraderie. They did it till daybreak. Now, wait a minute. Paul preached. He preached a long time till midnight. So let's say the meeting started at 7. Let's say he went five hours. And then the brother exited. He dropped. The dude's dead. Paul goes down and gives him an embrace of grace. What is the embrace of grace? The embrace of grace is Pauline revelation. Depression cannot hold. You, you, you can always tell people's uh, demeanor based on what they're hearing. I have to listen to have Pauline revelation every day to lift my spirits. Keep my heart, you know, without freaking out. Huh? I'm preaching better than your shouting. Hallelujah. This, I need, I need, what is Pauline revelation? Well, think about it. Let's think about his books. Let's say the book of Ephesians. Okay, the first three chapters in Ephesians tell you about the redemptive life of Jesus and what he did. Okay. Then, so that tells you basically who you are in Christ. You're complete in him. It says. And so, so many wonderful phrases. But then from chapter four through chapter six, it shows you how this, uh, Revelation, how this embrace of grace is lived out. So it, it, it tells you how to be angry and not sin. That's a pretty good thing to know. It, it shows you how to love your wife. Even as Jesus loved the church. Now that's kind of tough, but that's in there. It's in there. It, it shows you how to be tender hearted. That'd be kind of cool today in our world. It shows you how to be forgiving. Shows you how to have the whole armor of God. Shows you how not to fulfill the lust of the flesh and all the carnal things that the flesh provides. Shows you how to walk in the spirit. So it gives the revelation, the, the embrace of grace is what Jesus has done. And then when it's anchored in your mindset, in when, you, when, you, when the light comes on, now you can live a life in according to his character. 
And, and, and this, this is an amazing thing. But this is, this is what happens. So when they're talking, they're sitting around. So let's say preach till after midnight. The dude dropped. Uh, Paul raised him from the dead with an embrace of grace. See, some people who, who, who are spiritually dead, um, they need to be reminded just of who they are. Instead of telling them what's wrong and how they're losers in life, we need to just tell them what's right. Okay? Because what's right about them is the Lamb of God. That God loves them completely. And, and if they can make an adjustment in their thinking, in their repentance, change the way they think, huh? then, then they, can, they can be lifted. They, they can re-see and, and have victory over these things that drop them. And, and what dropped Eutychus? He fell asleep. To te- you, you, cannot, you cannot avoid hearing the scripture. You can't avoid. You cannot avoid, like what your assignment is, pray that Ephesians prayer. Pray it in the morning. Pray it. Pray it. Put it in your car. Pray it. Pray it at a stoplight. Pray it. But pray, it's, it's Pauline revelation. It tells you who you are in Christ. So, so, so you need it. So, for example, like when I'm traveling, of course I got Bible apps or whatever, and so I'll, uh, I might just put one chapter on, play one chapter again and again of Ephesians or Colossians or, you and I'm just anchoring myself, Pauline Revelation, because I'm, I'm, it's usually in a time that I'm really having difficulty. And usually when I have difficulties, because I've opened up my mindset, I'm not taking heed to what I'm hearing. I'm hearing all the nonsense of this world system. And I have to tell myself, no, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm of another world. I'm of the kingdom of God's dear son. So I, so I refrain from the nonsense. I hibernate, so to speak, from the world's ways and the world's thinking. And draw back and rebuild up the reality of the truth I am. And this is the way I get an embrace of grace. This is the way I'm lifted from the doldrums. This is the way I'm lifted from depression. This is the way I'm lifted from fear, anxiety, worries, whether it's about my little world or the, the worlds I'm, you know, responsible for in terms of ministry, or whether it's, you know, other friends, family, people. But it's very, very important that we take time to chit that. So that verse said, so when they came together, they had communion. So the celebrations in communion. And then they talked a long while. They didn't have a laying on hand service and everybody coveting Paul's anointing. You know, your anointing's in the revelation by the Spirit. Your anointing's in the new covenant. Your anointing's in the grace of God. It's, it's, dis, it's dispersed through you. You, you don't have to covet. No, they, did, they didn't do nothing. They sat around and they yacked till daybreak. So they yacked as long as Paul preached. Let's say day breaks at 7 a.m. Let's say Brother Eutychus was hugged at 12.25. He was raised from the dead. He comes back up by 12.35. Well, 12.35 to 6.35, let's say, before 7, daybreak, whatever. They, They just talked. Do you know your presence is important? That's why I celebrate and I salute every one of you who've chosen to be physical. And I celebrate everyone who chose by the Spirit to be spiritual connection as well. That's, that's just as important. But there's something about a physical embrace 
that Paul gave that made the difference. Something physical. In scary times. You know, it's like when I met Heidi in Bible school in Raymond back in 1981. Uh, I like to talk to her on the phone, but it wasn't as good as a physical conversation. Hallelujah. (laughs) You know what I mean? In other words, there's something about being together. There's something about, you know, the embrace. It's enriching. So they talked until daybreak. Verse 12. And they brought the young men alive, and they were not a little comforted. Friend, I just want you to know today that the embrace of grace is what I really believe every human heart needs to hear. And it's just the, the, it's just the, the beauty of the finished work of Jesus. This morning I was taking a walk. The church provided a wonderful room, and I took a little walk this morning before I drove to church. And and, uh, this guy was in this parking lot picking up, I don't know, trash. I don't know what he was doing, but he he called to me. So, you know, I was like from here over to the drum set, and I moved a little closer. And, hey, what's happening? You know, and talked with him. And he was uh, was very interesting. And uh, he talked to me actually a long time about a lot of things but anyway I, I uh, felt I needed to be there and so when I had a turn to uh, engage <laughs> in the conversation uh, you know I would just insert in the chit chatting the love of the lamb Jesus that God gives us a picture of who he is in Christ it's a perfect picture of who your father is, the creator of all things. So I had this conversation. So by the end of the conversation, you know, I mean, he was, he was talking about Jesus and, and, uh, and a few other things as well. But anyway, you know, people, people need to be interrupted in their chaotic thinking. And it takes somebody to sit down, sit still, even, even in churches, because, you know, we all have different backgrounds. We all have different concerns. We all have different fears that visit our mindset. We need somebody to sit down and say all is well. Jesus is Lord. You're reconciled eternally to the Father. Your sins have been forgiven once and for all. You're complete in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have everything you need in Christ. You know, we need, we need that reinforced because it's easy to not hear it. And if you don't hear it, you'll fall from it. And, uh, and you'll live like you're spiritually dead. You'll live full of fear. You'll live with revenge in your heart. You'll want to retaliate for everything. And so it's very, very important that we understand the embrace of grace. When, when Saul became Paul and he got saved, he preached Christ to people. That's like a salvation message. But look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 16. He gives his testimony about what Jesus has done. He says, to reveal his son in me. Pauline revelation is Christ in you. It's not Christ to you per se. It's Christ in you. That Jesus has changed everything. And that he might preach him to the Gentiles. In other words, all people. He, he, he before had an exclusion mindset. But now he says, no, the revelation of the embrace of grace is for everyone everywhere. And as Christ is in you, he takes residence in you. It's a wonderful, powerful thing. This is a revelation for all the church. Christ is in us. Like, like Paul would say, Pauline revelation, that I might be found in him. He's in me, but I'm in him. 
And this is the way you, you, you know yourself. You don't know yourself based on yourself. I preached that to you before when I was here. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't know yourself based on yourself. You know yourself based on Christ. You are in Him. Faith, faith puts you there. Your, your acceptance, your belief puts you in Christ. And this is the reality now for, for, for your mindset. It's a beautiful thing. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. Here's what it says. Therefore, this is Pauline revelation now. He's writing the church in, in, in Corinth. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. I was speaking with a guy a few days ago in my office, came to see me and he was texting me about something he was in and he was in this thing uh, where, like a little men's thing and the assignment was to go and just tell all your dirtiest uh, uh, sins and your uh, thoughts. And I said, so I just said to the brother in passing, I, you know, not, I said, listen, be in an environment that's not sin conscious. He said, huh? I said, you, 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 you have to be in an environment that's Christ conscious. Because if you're just going to try to fix yourself based on your emotions or this or that or the other, you're going to be on a treadmill the rest of your days. I said, you need to recognize the truth that you are reconciled to God by the blood of the Lamb now. huh? And you need to see yourself according to the finished work of Jesus. So he, he texted me and wanted me to know what, what that meant to see himself Christ conscious. So I texted him. Some, this is one of the verses I, I, I showed him. And he wrote me back. He went to the meeting and he started doing that the, when the small group spoke up. He says he, he's amazed. People, people lit up. They don't have to live disappointed with themselves constantly about everything that happened the last 50 years. huh? No. They're in Christ. They're reconciled. You don't know one according to the flesh, Paul said. Not even Christ. You know him to, according to his redemptive life. Look at the next verse says. Even Jesus, you know, verse 17. Do we have verse 17 by any chance? You all know that verse anyway. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. Now, what's therefore, therefore, therefore? Huh? What's therefore, therefore? The previous verse. You don't know anyone according to the flesh, not even Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ. Because you know Jesus according to his redemptive life. That's Pauline revelation. You know, there's a lot of people that know Jesus according to the flesh and aren't transformed. They're not saved. And they celebrate Christmas. They know Jesus according to the flesh. But they don't know Jesus according to the finished work. His death and resurrection that's reconciled the world to himself. He said, and he says he doesn't, doesn't uh, hold nothing against you. He keeps no record of no wrong. Listen, you have a God who loves you deeply, friend. There's no reason for you and I to be discouraged about nothing. Whether it's things that have happened to us or in us or in this earth system. Jesus is Lord. If you believe it, say hallelujah. Huh? hallelujah. This is the wonderful news of the gospel. And this is what lifts people from a death life. In a depressed life. Living like you're dead. Living like Jesus made no difference. And then you struggle to do good and be good. Get off the system. Get immersed with the love of the Lamb. Be so radically hugged 
and immersed and lifted. Get an embrace of grace and get lifted up and be seated with Christ in heavenly places. Give the Lord a shout, somebody. Hallelujah. Yeah. This, this is the beauty of believing. So it says again in that verse, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation, he or she. New, that's, this is Pauline revelation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things now are new. All these verses are amazing. 18, 19, 20, 21. All, all, all of them. It's Pauline revelation. Say them to yourself regardless of how you feel. And regardless of uh, what seems to be wrong. This is the beautiful thing. Hallelujah. Let me show you another verse. Have I preached too long yet? You guys doing okay? Let me show you one other verse. Or maybe two. Or maybe three. Hey, look at this real quick. This, this, is, kind of, this is kind of cool. Go with me to Second uh, Peter chapter 3. Why would people fall asleep to Pauline Revelation? Why would favor want to lose his favor? Why would, why would uh, good fortune lose your good fortune? Why do you fall? See, he fell from grace. He fell from grace, Eutychus did. The embrace of grace is in the revelation of the teaching. To fall from grace doesn't mean he sinned. Even Paul says that in the book of Galatians. It doesn't mean you sin. It means you come to a place where you think everything's up to you, where righteousness is based on your capacity to the law. Then Paul said you fell from grace. You fell from the revelation of Jesus. It has nothing to do with sinning. So this is why it's so important to understand. Look at, look at, uh, look at the apostle Peter said about comrade Paul. Second Peter 3.16. Look at this. As also... In all his epistles, speaking of Paul, who used to be called Saul, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand. You know, I mean, if you, if you read some of these things about the mystery of Christ, it's like, wow. But I, it's so beautiful. It's enriching. But I don't know how to explain it sometimes. I mean, how do I explain that I died with Christ? That you died with Christ? How do I explain that I was buried with him or I was raised with him? Or I, that I was, how do I explain the beauty of this thing? This is why Pastor Mark can explain all these things when he comes back. Hallelujah. He can, he can figure it out. He, he's, a lot, he's a lot smarter than me. But this is the beauty of the gospel. It's the mystery of being in Christ, in Christ in us. We are reconciled to the Father. So it says, a lot of these things, it's hard to understand. They're hard to understand with a natural noggin. Huh? Which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also with the rest of the Scripture. There's always going to be somebody who's got a game with the Scripture. There's always going to be somebody to twist something. But your, your heart will discern... Uh, in all these things. But the beautiful thing about uh, the revelation of Paul, that's the only thing that lifted Eutychus. That's the only thing that repositioned to a place where there's illumination. That's the only thing that restored him to favor. And favor is your greatest gift. Favor. Favor in life. 
The Bible says you can have favor with God and you can have favor with man. I depend on it. It's the way I survive. And, 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 and it's all knowing and believing of Jesus and what he's done for us. It's a wonderful thing. So even though some of this stuff is hard to understand, don't fall asleep to it. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes, with your natural head, uh, some of this can be uh, a little tedious. I don't know. I don't know if I can. I can't handle that's That's like really heavy meat. Well, just, just stay in. Just stay awake. Sometimes when I'm preaching, people sleep really, really good. I have a... <laughs> I, I put people like, I put people at rest, hallelujah, you know what I mean? They enter into rest, hallelujah. I have a beautiful board member. He's 93 now, Ray Wong. Your pastors know him, his wife, Rita. She, uh, she loves to sleep when I preach, so she has like some sleep disorder or something. So I say, you get healed every time you listen to me preach. I said, I need to start preaching longer so you really catch up on what you're lacking out on. You know. But you can't fall asleep to Paul's preaching. You can't fall asleep to the guy. Take time and, and use your phone and hear Paul's revelation. Just take one book, a short one. Take a short one. And go over it again and again and again and again and again and start believing the truth that you're safe, you're secure, you're healed, you're whole, you're blessed, you're prosperous, your needs are met. Keep hearing. I tell you, the light will go on. And, and uh, like I got a, a text, two texts before uh, the service today and, uh, of, you know, of course, problems, right? So... Uh, the beautiful thing about interruptions with problems is I can either be overwhelmed or I can just stay where the light's on. Because I tell you, the revelation of Jesus provides me wisdom for everything in this life. Everything. So I never got to be nervous about nothing. And neither do you, friend. Neither do you. Let me show you one other verse. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 4, it says this, You have become estranged from Christ. Have you ever been like estranged from a friend or estranged from a spouse? How would you like to live being estranged from Christ? See, a lot of people think they're estranged from Christ because they were naughty. <laughs> no, no, no. You're only estranged from Christ when you're not hearing the word. And, and he hadn't gone nowhere. He's still there with you, loves you. He, he, got, he got nothing against you, even though you got a lot of things against you. You become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. You've fallen from favor. You've fallen from fortune. And that's why Pauline revelation will always anchor your soul in what God has done for you in Christ. And you never need to live afraid again. Did you all like the word today? Give the Lord a shout. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Just put your hands on your heart. Father, I just take a moment to bless my friends. What beautiful, beautiful saints you have. Thank you for those that are physically here, those that are here watching via the streaming, Father. I just ask now in the name of Jesus that every heartache, every headache, every hurt would be healed in Jesus' name.
Father, I know we can be healed because we're looking to the Lamb of God who heals all things and does all things well. And so we just yield ourselves, Jesus, afresh. We announce you're Lord of our spirit. Jesus, you're Lord of our soul. And Jesus, you're Lord of our body. Father, we're not afraid about nothing. I thank you that every person within the sound of my voice has illumination right now. That the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of the new covenant, the gospel of the finished work is going to anchor their heart, anchor their mind, depression, fear, anxiety, worries of all kind, leave. No fear of COVID, no fear of sickness, no fear of disease, no fear of nothing in Jesus' name. Father, I ask that you give just uh, unction, you give a quickening within the hearts of the people for wisdom, for everything they personally need in their personal world, for the finances, for revenue streams. Father, for whatever they need in their marriages, just to be ignited again with just a compassion and a love in a deep care and concern for the family. Father, with all the pressures of the world, help us not to be drawn apart from you. And help us not to be drawn apart one from another. Help us to just sit around and yak with people. Help us to enjoy a cup of coffee and speak over our kids and tell them they're blessed. Speak over our spouse and tell them they're loved. Speak over a friend. Speak over a neighbor. Speak over like I did some guy in the parking lot this morning. As I took a little walk, I just told him, Lord, that you love him, that you care, that Jesus made a perfect provision, that there be healing and health and wholeness and well-being for all those watching online, Father. Let's just take a moment with our heads bowed, eye closed. Maybe Maybe you've never had an embrace of grace. Maybe you've never believed the gospel. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Jesus said, if you come to him, he'll no wise turn you away. Never. You can never be disqualified. He's pre-approved you, friend. If you'd like to say a simple prayer, just dedicate your life to Jesus and become a new creation. Let his life be the truth concerning you. Let his nature be the truth concerning you. Identifying Jesus, not in all kinds of nonsense of the flesh, but identifying Jesus. If you want a simple prayer, just with your head bowed, eye closed, just raise your hand real quick so I can say, would you do that on the count of three? One, two, three, with that prayer. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Thank you, thank you. Anybody online as well? Everybody, just say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I receive your love. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You died on the cross for me. You took all my sin. You were raised from the dead so I can be justified. I believe it. So I declare I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am born again. I'm a new creation. And I give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise. God bless you all.